Hello, and welcome to You Might Also Like, a podcast where you will receive the movie suggestions you didn't know you needed. I'm your host, as always, Luke Spaulding. This week, you guys, I have got a early 2000s horror movie where a group of friends break down in rural West Virginia and have some locals who are not too happy with them being there hunting them down, and these locals also have a taste for human flesh. And if you like that movie, then you also might like the second movie I talk about today, which is a classic movie from 1991 where two women who set out to go on a fun, carefree weekend road trip end up being hunted down by the law because of crimes that they committed. I have got Wrong Turn and Thelma and Louise. And you guys, shout out to my pal Krista on this episode because I reached out to Instagram and asked all my followers to just give me a suggestion on a movie that I should watch this week. And I told them that I would watch that movie and then give them something they might also like based on that movie. And my friend Krista told me I should watch Wrong Turn. So I will be giving her that suggestion of Wrong Turn, which is Thelma and Louise. I will talk about that after I talk about Wrong Turn. You guys... If you have not been introduced to this horror movie franchise, yes, it's not just Wrong Turn. There's six movies in this franchise. Then let me be the first to introduce you. I think Krista probably suggested this movie to me, not thinking I would actually talk about it on this podcast, but I'm going to. Joke's on her. This, the first Wrong Turn is actually a pretty decent horror movie compared to the other five, which just end up being those type of horror movies that are like 60% porn, 40% people getting murdered. It's just wrong turn actually has some good scares and like the element of, Oh, this could actually happen. Like your car breaking down in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia and some locals who are an inbred family end up hunting you down and trying to kill you and eating you like Maybe the eating part in the inbred family is a little far-fetched, but I mean, I'm sure that plenty of people have broken down in the middle of nowhere and been killed by angry locals. I will start by saying if I have any listeners in West Virginia, this does not paint local West Virginians in a good light. I've driven through your state before and it's beautiful. John Denver calls it almost heaven, so please don't let the creepy, douchey directors who write these six wrong turn movies paint your state in a bad light. This movie has got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It's got a 6.1 on IMDb. Like I said, people, critics don't love it. It's nothing super special. But you know what? A kind of unique horror movie on something... That could actually happen, like I said, only an hour and 24 minutes, such an easy, fast watch. And just each one of these movies gets more and more ridiculous after the first one. But let me talk about the first one for you guys, because that's what I'm here to talk about. This movie starts, and that's the thing with the first one, it actually has at least one notable cast member. I think the other ones are just like a person who you've never, ever heard of them in your life before this movie we've got eliza dushku who obviously we know her from movies like bring it on or she was also in buffy the vampire slayer for many seasons she 
is one of five friends in this movie. She gets dumped and her friends are like, let's go cheer her up and bring her on like this grand road trip. She loves to hike. Let's go to West Virginia. And then there's this other dude who is got to get to Raleigh. He's got to get to Raleigh that night for some big job interview or something. And he has to take a shortcut. Doesn't How many horror movies start out with just some person that's like, I got to get there now. I got to take this shortcut through these dirt roads of West Virginia that aren't even on a map. Like, yeah, when was that ever a good idea? And he ends up crashing into these people because he's not paying attention. And then all of a sudden they all have broken down cars and they all have to start going walking in the middle of nowhere to find a phone. I don't know. Also, I guess... They don't have a signal. Maybe I just missed that part of the movie. But I don't know. This movie's from the early 2000s. I'm like, they definitely had ways to contact people back then. They probably just didn't have a signal. So they decide they're going to go walk. And they find a house in the middle of nowhere. And and it's just like one of those. This is, I love it too. Because it's one of those horror movies where the whole time you're watching, you're like, why would you do that? Like they find this house. They knock on the door. Nobody's there. There's, like, literally probably signs up in the yard that are like, stay out or we'll shoot you with a shotgun or beware of the dog. And they still are like, well, nobody's home, so what's the logical thing to do? Leave. No, let's just go inside and find a phone. And when they clearly don't find a phone, they keep snooping around and looking at all their personal belongings and using the bathroom. I'm like, go outside. You're in the middle of the wilderness. Just pee in the woods. Like... You shouldn't have... I mean, at this point, you guys are breaking and entering. I don't really blame the West Virginia mountain men for hunting you down and killing you. Okay, that's a little extreme. They don't have to kill them just because they broke into their house. But, like... I mean, come on, guys. You're trespassing at this point. I know you've got two broken down cars, but... Eliza Dushku has such final girl horror movie... Like, the final girl of a horror movie energy. She's like super beautiful but she's like tough and she's she's not like the quotations slutty girl that they always kill off first or second she's smart she's self-aware she's the one who's lonely because she got dumped and all her she's the single one so it's just like she has all the qualities of a final girl like you know me and she's the biggest star in this movie so you know immediately like yeah they're not gonna kill her off Although that's what I thought about Kevin Bacon in Friday the 13th, which I talked about in the first episode of this podcast, and he was killed off within the first few people. So, and same with Drew Barrymore in Scream. She was literally the first person killed in that movie. So don't let their star quality uh, make you think that they are going to be the final girl slash boy, because that's not always the case. But in this case, it is true. The, some of the catchphrases for this movie are, bad stuff happens when you go into the woods. Ugh. Get lost in these woods and you're dead meat because you're actually like, it's a play on the fact that they're gonna, you're not only dead, but they're gonna eat you. Something strange is happening deep in the woods, but no one's lived to tell about it. And then one of them is just, we're going to die. I think they just got really lazy with that last one. They're like, yeah, they're just whatever, they're gonna die. But my friends and I, like I said, my friend definitely suggested this to me thinking I wouldn't do it, but here I am. We've seen all six of these movies, and they get more and more ridiculous every time. It's like, it's no Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's just one hour and 23 minutes of some freaky good suspense. And then if you just want to watch some, like, cheesy horror movies, then why don't you just keep going? Like, Wrong Turn 2, Dead End, that's what it's called. 
It's about like a reality TV show that's being filmed in the woods of West Virginia. And then they all end up getting killed and eaten by this inbred family. And then the third one, Wrong Turn 3, Left for Dead, is about a transfer bus of convicts crashing in the woods. And then they all get killed and eaten by a West Virginian family. And then the fourth one, Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings, is honestly just a porno in the winter woods. Like, I think the movie starts out with, like, a lesbian sex scene, and it just, like, keeps on going after that with so much nudity. This first one, actually, is the only film in the franchise with no sex scenes and no nudity. And I'm glad they did that. I honestly... I'm not here to say that, like, sex scenes and nudity shouldn't be in movies. I think, like, when it's appropriate, like, yeah, definitely have it in there, but... It's such, like, a thing with these... I just picture some, like, creepy, douchey horror movie director or writer named, like, Kyle or Chad just being like, you know what would make this movie, like, even better? While he's eating, like, his hoagie, he's like, a sex scene right here with two... Like, a lesbian sex scene, a blowjob scene, a girl's boobs to start out the movie. Like, no, we... Like, these horror movies don't have to rely on... I mean, maybe it's just, like, I guess when you have a six-movie horror, six horror movie franchise, I mean, really, what more can you do with them than just, like, throw in some sex scenes to fill up time? But it's, like, we want horror. We want hillbillies shooting people with bone arrows. Like, we don't need all these fluff to, like, fill out the movie. Like, But anyway, Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings, they... I haven't seen it in a while. I, they basically, I think, their snowmobiles break down or something when they're driving through the wilderness, snowy wilderness of West Virginia, and they find, like, an abandoned mental hospital that they shack up in. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. And, of course, some of the hillbilly brothers are living there. The fifth one, Wrong Turn 4 Bloodlines, has a scene where at some point in the six-movie franchise we're introduced to this man who is like a father figure to the inbred brothers and he isn't inbred himself but he watches over them and he's in jail and he says to one of the women in the movie that his boys are gonna cut your titties off for souvenirs like and the writing I'm like who wrote that line and thought oh yeah this is really gonna get the viewers And then the sixth one, Wrong Turn 6, Last Resort, is like in an abandoned resort or something with the cannibals. I don't even know. It just, they get more and more deranged. I think me and my friends just kept watching them because they get crazier and more stupid every time. But it's like, you, I, we have to keep going at this point. If they come out with a seventh, I'm going to watch it. And just to like give you a glimpse into like Wrong Turn three four and five are all directed by the same guy and he also directed a movie called shark to puss which i'm sure you can gather based on the name what that movie is about and who the monster in that movie is that gives you any insight into the mind behind the guy that's writing these movies and i don't know what else will but this like i said this first one is actually like a decent horror movie it can hold the ranks with other it's like i said it's not as good as like a classic friday the 13th or or michael myers and halloween or a classic slasher film or one of the newer horror movies from like ari oster like midsommar that i talked about or hereditary or you know an insidious or 
one of those like ghost movies. It's not as scary and jumpy as those, but it's still just like a good slasher, you know, easy to watch horror movie. It's scary because it could maybe actually happen. Let me tell you that one of the mountain men in this movie is like Katniss Everdeen. He has multiple scenes where he shoots a bow and arrow and the accuracy that this guy has is insane. He shoots a bow and arrow at one point that goes like right through a cop's eye from super far away. I do like that at least the killers in this movie, it's like accurate. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. So of course they're going to be resourceful and have skills with weapons like a bow and arrow and an axe. Like, yeah, I'm glad that these mountain men that live in a shack in West Virginia aren't all of a sudden just these skilled athletes running through the woods and killing these people or shooting them with guns. Of course, all they have is axes and bow and arrows, and I, that's pretty accurate, I feel like. You guys, go and watch this movie. If you liked, if you've seen Wrong Turn, once you watch it, if you like it, you might also like, you know, any of the Wrong Turn 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You might also like The Hills Have Eyes 1 or 2. Another horror movie with people who are inbred in a certain way. I don't know what it is with horror movie directors being like, they're killers, but they're deformed because of either nuclear waste or because of inbreeding. That's, I don't know why that's what they always jump to. Why can't we just have a good old-fashioned psycho killer that's not deformed in some way? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, another movie where there's a poor, deformed outcast that's killing people. You might also like Jeepers Creepers, Hostel. It's a lot of these creepy slasher flicks that aren't as much of cult classics as other horror movies, but are still horror movies that can stand the test of time, in my opinion. But what I'm going to suggest to you guys instead is Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, like in Wrong Turn, are also going on a road trip that just ends up being horrible. Oh my gosh. This was my first time seeing this movie, and I'm so glad I watched it. It definitely entered my top 100 favorite movies of all time. Definitely in the lower 50, but it's still in the top 100, which is pretty good because I've seen a lot of hundreds of movies. But Thelma and Louise is directed by Ridley Scott, who... Ridley Scott brought us movies like The Martian, Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, which were all Oscar-nominated movies. This movie won an Oscar for writing and was nominated for Best Editing, Best Cinematography, was nominated for Best Actress in a Lead Role for Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. It's got a 7.5 on IMDb. It's got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie is just honestly a classic movie. When people think of road trip movies, they think of Thelma and Louise. When they think of strong female friendships, they think Thelma and Louise. Well, a lot of women dress up as Thelma and Louise for Halloween. This is just like a classic two women on the run movie. So basically, we've got these two best friends, Thelma and Louise. Gina Davis is Thelma. She's a housewife who's married to this douchebag carpet salesman who literally gets mad when she breathes he's she'll be like honey and her husband is played by chris mcdonald who also is the douchey shooter mcgavin in happy gilmore um she'll be like honey i are you gonna be home for dinner 
I'm sorry for asking. And he's like, God, like, shut up, Thelma. Why do you ask me questions? I probably not. I'm probably going to be at work still. Like, she cannot even take a step into the kitchen without him yelling at her. All he does is sit in front of the TV and watch football and expect her to cook and clean for him and shut up and be ready to have sex when he wants to. He He's a terrible guy. And then her best friend, Susan Sarandon, is Louise, who is a waitress who's dating this musician, Jimmy, who's always on the road. So she's... Both of these women are due for a vacation. They both are looking for an escape from their everyday life. And so they decide they want to go on a road trip to this cabin that one of Susan Sarandon's co-workers own. And then on the way, they stop at a bar. And of course, Gina Davis is having fun. I mean, she's stuck in a house all day with her loser husband cooking and cleaning for him. She never gets out, so she's wanting to get drunk, and she starts dancing with the guy. And then they, we get out into the parking lot, and this guy tries to rape Gina Davis. And then Susan Sarandon comes in as an amazing friend, as any best friend would, to stop, as any decent person would, to stop a rape from happening, but definitely... If it's your best friend, she points a gun at his head and he stops. But then, of course, he couldn't shut his mouth. And he's like, I should have done it. Like, I should have done it anyway. And Susan Strengthen's like, what'd you say? And he's like, suck my dick. And then she shoots him and he dies. And then they, from this point in the movie, just are on the run. And in a way, it's probably the sort of escape that the women wanted. I mean... Not in the way of Gina Davis almost getting raped, but the way that they, as we see it, the women, they start to just be kind of content and happy with the fact that they're criminals. At first, they're nervous and they're freaking out and they're, but quickly, Susan Sarandon is resourceful. She knows what to do. She's like, we're going to go to Mexico. Like, we're going to... I have all this money. I'm going to have somebody wire this money to me and I'm going to take it out from a Western Union. Like they know, Susan starts to know exactly what to do. Gina Davis is kind of just happy to be out of the house. They're like singing in the car together. Gina Davis at one point meets hunky cowboy Brad Pitt, who is a hitchhiker and she wants to give him a ride. There's one scene where um, she sees Brad Pitt like wanting to get a ride and she looks at Susan Sarandon and starts whining like a puppy dog and Susan Sarandon's like all right fine and they pull over and pick him up and then she starts like <laughs> like panting because she's happy that is the most relatable scene of the movie yes me whining like a puppy dog because I see Brad Pitt is me every time I see Brad Pitt the the thought of this of Thelma and Louise being played by any two women except for Susan and Gina is insane too. It was supposed to be Meryl Streep and Cher, but Meryl dropped out because she wanted to take lighter comedic roles, which is funny because I feel like now we look back at her career and she's definitely taken on way... Like, she has had some lighter comedic roles, but I don't... I think her career is a good mix of both. Cher dropped out because she wanted to focus on her music career. Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster were also originally chosen but had to drop out. Jodie Foster went on to win the Oscar over these two ladies that year for her performance in Silence of the Lamb. So she, I guess she made the right choice in dropping out because she ended up starring in a really great movie and a really great role. But Susan Sarandon and 
Gina Davis were just perfect in this. The chemistry between Susan and Gina as best friends is unmatchable. I don't know if anyone else could have had the chemistry that these two women have. And they toe the line between having comedic moments to lighten the mood and also having the dramatic performances so well. Like the scene I talked about with the panting over Brad Pitt. Or as the movie goes on and they're on the run more, they just start to they start to just give in to being, you know, criminals. There's one scene where Gina Davis is robbing a convenience store so calmly and polite and it shows the video footage, like the security camera footage of her doing and she's just like, she's not even wearing a mask or anything to hide. She's wearing sunglasses and she's just like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, like I'm going to need you to get on the ground, you to get on the ground. They're, they're from Arkansas, so they have amazing accents too. She's like, I'm going to need you to put all the money from the cash drawer into that bag. Also grab me a couple, like, nips of that vodka or whatever. And it's such a great scene. They also have, there's this running gag of, while they're on the run, they keep running into this 18-wheeler truck driver who's such a freaking creep. He Every time he sees them, he's always, like, ah, like, sticking his tongue out at them and talking about how he has a big penis that he wants them to... I don't know. He's really creepy, and they try to always ignore him. And then one time they see him, and they're like, hey, like, pull over. And they pull over, and then he gets out of his truck thinking he's going to have sex with them. And they force him to apologize for his crude behavior, and he won't. So they shoot the trucks on his tire, and then they shoot his truck's engine. And his truck just, like, blows up in the middle of the desert. These girls, these women are just, like, incredible feminists. They are best friends who are there for each other susan sarandon literally shot a guy because he raped her best tried to rape her best friend she has she says to him too like just for future notice when a when a girl is crying like that it doesn't mean she lacks it like she thelma and louise all were like pioneer feminists they walked so that marianne and wanda from goodbye earl could run i had to look it up on Google, I can't believe that the chick's song, Goodbye Earl, with Marianne and Wanda killing Earl, I can't believe that they didn't, they weren't inspired by Thelma and Louise for that song. Maybe they were, but it didn't say they were on Wikipedia. But these women are just incredible. They have such a strong female friendship. They will literally do anything for each other. There are so many scenes where Susan Sarandon is picking Gina Davis back up emotionally and telling her to keep on moving. And then we see the roles reverse. You know, Susan Sarandon has to break up with her boyfriend, Jimmy, because she knows she's going on the run to Mexico and she doesn't know if she can keep going. And Gina Davis picks her up a little bit. They're constantly there for each other. They're so inspirational. They literally shoot a guy's 18-wheeler because he won't apologize to them for being a creepy asshole. They also have a scene where they... A cop tries to pull them over and they they end up putting him in the trunk of his car and not killing him. I mean, they're not monsters, but they're just on the run. The cop, if the cop radioed out to his partners and was like, I got these two ladies here, then they would have been caught. So Gina Davis walks up to the cop and points the gun at him and they put him in the trunk. They lock him in there. They The women start by running because they just got into a bad situation on accident but then they they just start to have fun 
And like I said, they lean into the fact that they're criminals. They both just had shitty lives back home. I mean, Susan Sarandon loved her boyfriend, Jimmy. But she was a waitress. She really, she didn't get to see him that much. And Gina Davis is just, she hated her life. She had a shitty husband. She really didn't get out at all. And she makes a lot of comments in the movie. Like, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm kind of going crazy. And Susan Sarandon's like, you were always crazy. And she's like, yeah, I was. I just never got the chance to, like, she never got the chance to let her freak flag fly. And it all kind of bottled up. And unfortunately, it her freak flag flew a little too high because, you know, everything that happened. But at the end of the day, even with the ending to this movie, I won't spoil it for you guys. But even with the ending that the movie had, these women felt, I'm sure they just felt extremely liberated. Even if they were on the run and constantly afraid of getting caught and not wanting to go to prison. I mean, they just were excited about the fact, the thought of going to Mexico and sipping margaritas on the beach together and having each other was just enough for them. They didn't need anybody else in their life, even if they're wanted in many states of the U.S. and living in another country probably with new names. They didn't care. They would have each other. They're liberated from their terrible lives back home. What did they have to go back to? Like I said, this movie starts as a road trip that's gone bad, like Wrong Turn. But unlike Wrong Turn, which ends with a road trip gone extremely bad and everybody dying except for Eliza Dushku, this movie ends up being a road trip, honestly, that's gone a little good for them. These women, yeah, Gina Davis almost gets raped, which is absolutely terrible. But also, that it has a great message. Early 90s, and we're already getting a great message of, like, this drunk asshole thinking that he can just take advantage of this girl and thinking that they're just having fun. Like, And they have, Thelma and Louise have so many great moments where Thelma's like, why can't we just call the police? Like, why? Like, I don't get it. He'll, we'll be fine. He tried to rape me. And Louise is like, there's no proof. Everyone saw you in the bar dancing with him all night. So like, no one's going to believe us, which is just like, that speaks volumes. And it's so sad because it's true. It's like, what a toxic culture around people not believing women when something like that happens to them. But this movie is just an incredible movie about friendship and how far you'll go for your friend. I mean, I like to think that I have friends that would shoot a person for me if they were raping me. I mean, I think I do. And then I would gladly go on the run with them and drive to Mexico and sip margaritas on the beach and run from the cops and rob convenience stores in Oklahoma and pick up hunky Brad Pitt on the side of the road. I mean, they also had some really great moments. I mean, a road trip with your best friend driving through, like, the mountains and the deserts of Arizona and New Mexico on your way to Mexico? That sounds fantastic. But with that being said, you guys, we've reached the end of the episode. You can rate and review me on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review me on Apple Podcast. I would love that so much. Find me on social media at you might also like pod on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter now at at might underscore also so you could follow me on there if you're on twitter until next time you guys goodbye